This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. You know, Zupan's was established in 1975, but here in 2021, it's the summer of sashimi at Zupan's. So they have sashimi grade fish available daily. So it's very refreshing time of year to go in and grab some uh, some sashimi grade fish at Zupan's. Uh, they have their favorite raw preparations, crudo, ceviche, uh, tartare, and sushi. So they can inspire your next summer meal. Yeah, and speaking of which, why not maybe do some king salmon on the grill? They've got some great mild, rich, and smooth. You know what I love about salmon is oftentimes you can get salmon that can go either way. Sometimes it's too fishy. Sometimes it's perfect. Well, this sounds great. Mild, rich, and smooth, sustainably raised in Canada. Throw that on the grill. Oh, it's going to be good. And they have recipes for that, too. So you can make a spicy Korean-style king salmon tartare. Ooh. Recipe and some other recipes for some of their other great fish. Their seafood and their meat department, which are closely uh, situated to each other, are fantastic. So they have Baja Campachi. Uh, they also have Columbia River Steelhead, firm, buttery, and sweet. Doesn't that sound good, Court? It does sound good. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting it's early in the morning right now, but I'm already thinking about dinner. Yeah, well, so you could also think about yellowfin ahi tuna um, and go grab that as well. So uh, lots to think about at Zupan's, including their burgers in the breezeway and their lobster rolls on Friday. It doesn't stop. The hits just keep coming. Yeah. yeah, three locations to serve you, West Burnside, McAdam, and Lake Oswego. And of course, you can find out all the information about everything we talked about. Where, Chris? Zupans.com. All right, here it is. Time once again, it's Portland's Food Scene Podcast. It's right at the fork with your host, Chris Angelis from Portland Food Adventures. I'm Corey Johnson from Portland Radio, kink.fm. And uh, we're doing a classic episode going all the way back to October of 2019 before the world changes. That's when Kristen Murray came into the studio to talk about Maurice, her very cool modern pastry luncheonette located in southwest Portland. Uh, a great conversation between Chris and Kristen, talking about Kristen's origins in Southern California, learning to bake with her great-grandmother and her great-aunt. We also learn how she went from California to New York to France, and then eventually here to Portland. So here it is, a classic episode of Right at the Fork, episode 217, Kristen Murray of Maurice. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupan's and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers as well as local chefs know that Zupan's is the place to find the very best Northwest bounty in Portland, West Burnside, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years. Zupan's Markets. And by... Portland Food Adventures. Ready to break out and travel to some of the world's most delicious destinations? Portland Food Adventures has space available on two trips in 2022. To Basque Country in Spain with Chef Javier Canteras of Urdaneta. Also, if you've never experienced Italy with Austria Enzyme, join Chris for the most delicious nine days in Western Sicily imaginable. Info at portlandfoodadventures.com. 
You know, you have a nice little French look going on. You get the, the <laughs> purse around. What do, what do we call that? Like the for men, it's a I don't even know what you call it. But well, for men, it's a men sack. Right. And for you, it's what? It's my lady sack. Your lady sack. It looks good with the with the sort of the rain thing that you don't need today. You needed it yesterday. Yeah. But you still have it. You, you wore it today. It's appropriate. Mm-hmm. I am so happy to see you here. It's so weird. I don't do this. I, you know I don't do this. I didn't know you don't do this, but I, I knew it was a little tough. We've been trying. Yeah. I've, I've just... You know, sent the the hook out there, uh, the line out there a few times over the years. Yeah. It's been tough. And I also know you're very busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's tough for you to get away from Maurice. So um, I sincerely appreciate it. And more so. Well, I'm I'm appreciative that you asked. Oh, no. It's, it's Are we our, starting? It's our honor. Is yeah, this we're our, in. Oh, we're, we're in. in. Yeah. We're, okay. All right. We're going. <laughs> but I'm, a, I'm particularly... Um, appreciative that you're here with a nice, warm smile on your face. Uh, because well... Well, but I don't a, grimace, Chris. No, I didn't think so. No, you're always very friendly. But the impression that I have, you know, have, we, you and I have never been able to actually sit down and talk. And that's one reason it's I have this true. podcast. Yeah. Is it gives, gives me the opportunity. Over 200 people over six years that I never would able to be able to talk sure. to. Sure. But so when you're in your restaurant, you're very focused, right? Mm-hmm. You are extremely focused. <laughs> and yeah. so uh, you... You know, you have the wherewithal to say to welcome your customers and say hi and smile. I but do you're my also best. you're very focused. And then if you following you on Facebook, things are it, it's not an easy business for anybody. No, there's lots of moving parts. There's a lot of moving parts and things happen out of mm-hmm. left field. Those are the killers. It's true. Well, I mean this morning I was at my acupuncturist, my osteopath. Now I'm here, then the freezer's down, so then I get to go fix that with the and you're here with Candy a smile. Man, that's but I'm that's why between, I'm happy because so. I know you have those issues. And you were originally scheduled for last week, but yeah. you had a, a back problem, which I, I assume relates to the acupuncturist. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the older we get in the industry. I mean, it's it's a hard industry physically, mm-hmm. um, uh, and it's important to take care of yourself. And so, this year, I've really tried hard to make that a priority. Um, because I don't plan on leaving the industry anytime soon. But I like to be able to do all the things. Do you have, I wouldn't necessarily call it a plan, but a dream at some point that you want to leave the industry and go to France or wherever you want to go and not, no. not be doing this? No, I should, I should be able to do um, uh, the talents that my body allows me to do and travel at the same time. I haven't been able to do that because I've always been with little tiny restaurants for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest the biggest uh, professional experience I had was um, a 75-room hotel um, restaurant, and I did a couple of those when I was in New York. But for the most part, the tiny restaurants that keep you engaged, unable to just run away when it's harvest in France or, you know, you want to go learn how to make cheese with a fella and... Are you on yeah. track with Maurice someday to be able to leave it in others' hands and go away I do away my for best. I do my best. I mean, I have, um, I have family obligations um, that have cropped up in the last couple of years. So I definitely uh, am trying to find my way to give that to the staff because they do such a good job. And, um, and it's an interesting conundrum as a restaurateur and a personality that's so... Um, 
you know, my business is based off of so many of my quirks. Yeah, no, it's your that, that it's is, a you're, weird. You're you're on stage there, thing. so to speak. Yeah, and everybody's looking forward to your food, and just even if it's, you know, this is it's a business where you have you rely on a team. Yeah, so they absolutely. have to be able to do what you do. Absolutely, but, and it's and it's healthy for everybody to not have me there. Right, it's really great. Um, and the biggest compliment is to a chef is when people come to the restaurant and they can't tell. Absolutely. Like they actually come and they think it's not going to be as good because Kristen's not here. And Sometimes it's, it's better when I'm not there yeah, because well, I get creative. I mean, I, I, I wanted to see what my scones were like with um, Ayers Creek barley flour. And they weren't, they were weird, you know, but it was, and but nobody but me would take that liberty mm-hmm. to do that. And thank God um, my lead baker doesn't, you know, she makes beautiful beautiful product and if you if you took that leap does do others in your on that work for you tell you hey this isn't that good or yeah i mean we you know we we taste it and we laugh because i tend to move things around mess with things i mean if if there's a beautiful fern i'll you know i'll be the one that'll muss it up and um and they'll be the ones that'll make sure that all of the fronds are hanging as they know i want it to be through Mm -hmm. my messing it up but there's um there should be a source of intention that shouldn't feel fussy I think and teaching that has been interesting over the years. Well, it, is that teachable or is that something that someone has can to be. have inherently? Can be, but it's so kind it of like be. common sense. Not everybody has common sense. Is it teachable? It's suggestible more than it's teachable. Right, and it's teachable over time when yeah. you have the opportunity. Exactly. People have the opportunity to learn by Which in mistakes. restaurants as you know it's a high turnover industry. Rarely do you have somebody that really commits and gives you that time to be able to implement all those things. You know? Yes. So. And it's challenging now, right? At this day and age in Portland, Oregon. Everywhere. It's weird. Right. It's so weird. So how do you keep up? How do you, how do you make sure you've got staff, especially you've got, as you said, you have family yeah, responsibilities I mean, it's, um, that are going to call you out at a moment's notice. It's true. Uh, the, the business will be six in December. Congratulations. So, I was looking back on that today and to think that that was six weird. years ago. Yeah, I uh, feel it. Um, but it's fun too. You know, it's, uh, I think Portland enables you to, um, to do something really creative and out of the box. Um, I'm incredibly disenchanted with all of the new black dress it girls that are a flash in the pan and don't really follow through. And I wish that there was a way for those people that are still committed to the ethos of what they do, mm-hmm. um, for them to get a little bit of that black dress attention, you know, it's it it's still sexy, even I'm not, though it's I'm not, not new. You. I don't know. Oh, where am I going with this? Maybe I don't want to go here. No, no, no. I don't necessarily <laughs> don't go forward with it, but just back up and tell uh, me what you, mean, what you mean by that. What I mean is, it's 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 a tough industry. It is an industry that. Um, has been abusive in the past. Like when I when I grew up in mm-hmm. kitchens, right. um, I was demoralized, thrown things at, um, underpaid, underfed. I mean, all of all of the things that we hear about. There were you know drugs, alcohol, sex, rape. I mean, all the things right. that do not make for a quality of life. And so it's and you stuck you stayed with it, by the way. And there and back then there wasn't necessarily the hope of it changing. All of a sudden, no. in the last few years. There's been attention called to that. There so. has been, but I think it's um, 
Because people have died. People have committed suicide. I mean, there's, there's, um, it's not okay, you know, and, and it's fun and encouraging having a restaurant and bringing people in, customers and staff, and having a restaurant that doesn't really deal with substance abuse um, because of our hours on many levels. Um, I've been in restaurants where the breakdown, you know, you get out of there two, four in the morning and there are just things that happen late at night that don't happen in a daytime restaurant for whatever reason. Hmm. Um, it's not too early, not too late. You know, it's it's more quality of life driven, right. even though it's a hell of a lot of work. Uh, but there, still. But I'm still but, not making sense. So, no, you are. And you I are. wish this wasn't live because now I'm, I'm it's not, not really, making sense. If it's, not, it's not actually live. You can live. cut it out. We cut can out. cut it out if you want to. <laughs> But um, but we we kind of want we, the way we work is we like to know that now rather than later because when you cut things later, yeah, everything's out of context. Yeah, well, yeah, no, yeah. then you have to go through the whole okay. thing. Okay. So, but but if it's okay, I think you made perfect sense. But I was what I was about to say is you can't necessarily even though you have the hours that preve- seem to prevent against those problems, you can't necessarily know that someone's not going to be have an addiction problem. No, and, true, and come true, in and and you're going to have to. You know, that's something you have to deal with. Well, yeah, and I mean, and it's, we we rarely have customers where we have to deal with a drunk during oh, the day. I was, and, I was thinking more of staff. Right, but, but I'm also yes. saying on the other end, well, I mean, you have true. to deal with both sides. But there was a woman that used to come in, and she always had three glasses of wine and one quiche. Mm-hmm. And she loved red wine, and we don't sell a lot of red wine. And at first, I was really nervous, because I was like, well, we're day- I don't know, you know, what if she goes out and... And the lead server was so cute and said, I think she's kind of practiced in this. I really don't think you should worry. <laughs> and it was that reminder of like, this. right, she's fine. Okay. You know, but it was that, oh, she wants a third glass. I don't know. I feel weird about that knowing she's not really eating anything more. She's right. not, you know, it's, but um, that's not my response. Well, you plus- know, it's. But it's that funny, it's, I don't know, restaurants are a weird thing and and kind of a magical thing. Like I've had, I have friendships with so many of the customers and the staff that's worked for me, most of them are like family and a lot of the customers have become like family. But I've had people divulge divorce over a s'morebrood that I've lent my home to when I was going away and I never have that space and time, you know, but I was like, I, I can't give you money. I can't give you, you know, but I can give you my home mm-hmm. for three days. Um, and that woman recently donated her car to the business Oh, as a thing, you know, so it's just, it's, it's, I try to not focus on the stresses that you really can't do anything about that will cause me to have a constant panic attack and close the tiny little thing and just focus on the day to day with the obvious. It's a business. You have your forecast. You have all these things that you have to have in line, but also realize that it doesn't begin and end with that business because there are more things. And when it's time to be done with this iteration, it will be done, but I won't let it go to the point where it's got a rip slip that everybody can see. Hmm. I want it to be really graceful and on my terms. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I've lived my life. Do Tried you, to. Not to get ahead of the game here, because I want to get back to, uh, you were talking about some of the challenges inside the restaurant with customers. There's stuff going on outside the restaurant. at your. Where, it's, been you, it's been really more challenging. More and more challenging. There was a man yesterday that 
was yelling at me, blocking customers in, um, and it's scary. And I want to protect the clientele. I want to protect the staff. I'm also a five seven woman. That's you know not of huge stature, and I can only puff my right. I mean, <laughs> I can only puff my breast so much. <laughs> my bark is is sometimes good, but um, and it's it's challenging because the support systems that the city has set up for you as a small business owner, they're bloated, they're overwhelmed with all they have. So, like my door was smashed in in the spring, and they didn't come for a couple hours and you know it was hard to know and and there were homeless kids coming up trying to harass me and see it just there's so much stress with that that it it's unfortunate because no matter how beautiful i make my space and my food there are lots of people over the last six years that don't come downtown anymore because it's less desirable for them and have said truthfully that they would be so happy and patron and come all the time if i was on the east side but it's everywhere well, it's if you, everywhere if you were in manzanita i would see you every day i'm out there so that well, and then you'd deal with none of those problems yeah but that's a whole different subject. yeah no i understand but you also dealt with recently the city shut down shut you down on a saturday well there's been that i mean what, what not to get too political, but literally ever since Trump has been elected, there has been more bullshit that has come into downtown because that's where you protest. That's where um, people gather. But having the crossroad of the bridges cut off because of those protests and people not being able to access the business, it's... And having the city basically say, don't go downtown. Well, yeah. That's not, you know, that's not your chamber of commerce. No, no. So I, I appreciate what they did, having the free transit the following weekend and free parking. It did help with business. Um, but, you know, we've, we lost a lot of money. And I, and I paid the staff for that day, which, um, you know, they weren't expecting, but it's, it's not fair for them, and that's my responsibility as a business owner to protect them. Right. And I've committed to a certain um, relationship with them. So, and it's not easy. You don't, as but, a small restaurant owner, you don't have us. You know, a rainy day. I don't have a fun, big. I mean, know. there's there's no there's no big dreamy money tree or nest egg or something that I'm pulling from. Um, and so, it's. It's fascinating how to understand um, how to be gracious and kind when you get certain feedback of it's too expensive, it's too small, it's too this, it's too that. And it's like, you actually don't realize how much I'm spending and you shouldn't have to, frankly. Right. It's not your responsibility. That, you know, that's one of my things that I've had, I've said over the years is I don't want... I'm sympathetic, and of course I'm sitting here interviewing people who have restaurants, so yeah. I understand that, but I also don't like when restaurants put it on me, like one of my little issues is like to go get a bagel and have the th the square turned around and the tip line there oh. for, to grab a bagel. It's, just, it's, it's stressful. Like you're, putting, you're putting the whole thing on the customer. It stresses me out, and then I yeah. have to figure, well, does... Is this tip worthy? Am I a dick <laughs> if I don't tip? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm confused right. that they're asking. And that's that's automatic 
psychologically, even if they're not asking, it's it's a psychological conundrum that I don't appreciate. I, I'm so glad you're. So you I'm, that, I'm right there. There's that, and then there's also um, there's I think businesses that have the the wellness, which I understand is helpful, but again, I think it's our responsibility to figure out a way either raising the prices or, I mean, it just, it's not the customer's responsibility. And we have to, as smart business owners, figure out a creative way to interject it into the business so that you're still coming, we still are able to sustain it, or we're not. And and a lot of my ethos and ideas will probably close my restaurant in some time. And those people that are being, um, that are making the customers more aware of the stresses that they have and trying to, make them an active part mm-hmm. of keeping that place around um, will be around for a very long time. Well, maybe. You never know. But, you know, th- and things are always changing. Right? Absolutely. So it's in flux. And then, you know, things you are were talking raising. about your cash cow <laughs> and your money tree. Hopefully, you know, the Ritz-Carlton will be your money tree someday, you know, well, across the way. So you have a lot I'm ex- more... Ho- I'm, I'm excited for that. And I, mm-hmm. and I know... I'm I'm on the lesser of people in town. I think it's um, it's going to be really good for business. And unfortunately, as much as I adore the renegade, you know, fun concept that food carts enable um, dreamers and creatives and hardworking people to do, it actually hurts the people that have brick and mortars um, on a good day. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Especially when you got a lunch. When you're, exactly. When you're relying on lunch. Exactly. It's different if it's dinner. Exactly. But. but I also opened up something that asks you to be there for an hour and a half, essentially. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has that time, you know? It's a nice hour and a half. It's too. a nice hour and a half. It's convivial. It's, you should, but you have to make that space, mm-hmm. you know? And I try to be really transparent with everybody that if you just have 15 minutes to a half an hour, please get something that's made. Most everything is composed. I have no refrigeration. Mm-hmm. It couldn't be made fresher. So, yeah. But I I opened a weird concept, and it's been really cool to see it have legs and be loved. And but, I, 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 I know you don't know this, and not many people do, but I actually asked for a 30-year lease. When I signed... To and, force yourself into... No, just... I, I, I don't know. I had finished reading... Um, a book about a New York restaurateur that had done the same thing. I think it may have even been Gabrielle Hamilton. And I just thought, yeah, I'm going to do that too. And I did. did you, and, and they were so did funny. Did you get it? No. I didn't think so. You wouldn't have worded it that way. No, but I did get um, uh, half of it because I got five five years and, and two five-year renewals. So and basically, is, you know. I think that's wonderful because we now know of a lot of places that have been closing just because they can't negotiate the next lease. Right. Properly. And and I'm I'm so thankful that I I was able to negotiate it and do my own um, deal with the owners and they're really kind men and I'm really proud that Maurice is where it is. I think as much as the east side would be a different thing. Um, I think Maurice is where it's supposed to be. Well, I think it's perfectly positioned for what's going on. I looked Portland for two and a half years, years at Spaces. Well, that's what I was going to say. What came first, the space or Maurice? Was was how long had you been? Twelve years. 
Okay. And so what would you remember where you were the first time you thought, A, this is what I want to have, and B, the name Maurice? Oh, well, I was in New York when I first started thinking about Maurice. Um, and how old were you? In my 20s. Um, and then uh, it just got more and more concrete over the years um, of what I wanted it to be. And um, I it's interesting experiencing a pastry chef that goes from fine dining and pastry detail cooking versus, um, for me personally, versus a cook or a chef um, that is incredibly talented going into pastry or making the pastries. There's just a different level of detailing that happens. So I found, or I do, um, and uh, and I really wanted my business to emulate that. I, I, I wanted it to be food with the sensibility coming from a pastry chef um, versus a baker. Uh, and then... Um, Kicked around. Well, I I was relocated to Portland after um, working really hard on um, making sure I I was working with um, mentors that had inspired me over the years. Um, and it was really funny sending you the bio because I don't send anybody my bio very often any longer. And, Why not um, any longer? Well, you're not applying for jobs. No, because I have. I'm <laughs> right. yeah, nine twenty one Oak all the time. Um, but uh, but it was fun just seeing like oh yeah all right well that's when I and noticed two thousand twelve two thousand thirteen I thought that's a long time she's been there I started well I started working in restaurants when I was fourteen because my dad was a restaurateur so I'm a lifer wow that is a lifer and what kind of restaurant did he have he had fine dining um, he was involved with Trumps and Michaels in um, Santa Monica and um, and Los Angeles and wow that was probably I was. Would would that have been in the late seventies, maybe or eighties? Because I was yeah. around there then. Yep. I used to work at the Whiskey A Go Go okay. back then. Yeah, lived in Topanga, so yeah. I drove by there all. Yeah, time. and then he he was partnered with um, Santa Cafe in New Mexico, so I, I went to go visit him when I was fourteen and was a busser at the restaurant, and and that kind of started the bug. Um, but he um, he designs jewelry now. He, oh. He left well, the yeah, industry. Well, yeah, you can't stay, you know? you can't I mean, stay it, in the... It, it has, usually it, it has a time frame and it, it switches into something else. And, and it was interesting relocating to Portland and not really um, checking out what the other restaurants were because it, um, Lucier seemed like such a sure thing. Wouldn't it be interesting? Do you think, oh, this is a question, I don't necessarily know, but I mean, that was some staff at Lucia when it you know when it opened yeah. they brought some incredible they talent. brought some heavy hitters yeah and, and it was a riot i mean i didn't know the dussens but they got my information from mary check an old contact in san francisco mm-hmm. um and it came left field and i had just had reconstructive wrist surgery from a snowboarding accident in park city where i was consulting so it was i was looking for a change um cuz i had done consulting for um, Barbara in Boston and then it helped with family and was back and forth between Boston and Park City, Utah and came um, here and worked worked my butt off and loved it. It was 
it was interesting to see it before the build out was finished and then when it was finished and then the economy and then understanding how much far ahead of the time frame it was for Portland. Right. I don't necessarily well, think Portland does fine dining. I mean, even though I've been fine dining most of my experience, I opened a restaurant that's more of a diner with a hidden underbelly of fine dining ethos preferences, but it's it's a diner, even though I don't want it to be labeled as a diner. Well, you know, it's, but it's not. It's, you can't call it that because immediately people have a, a conception of what that might exactly. Look like. So I call it a luncheonette, which it is, is which w- is like I don't know what a luncheonette. But I was raised by my elders, and right. so I've I've always been drawn to older people with that comfort and they know what a luncheonette is mm-hmm. you know but it's the luncheonette with a european vibe based on my heritage makes sense mm-hmm. but it it's it's a bit unique have you so first of all uh lucia just to for the people who don't know i mean you and i know, yeah and i don't, never got to visit there it was going on before i discovered there was a food scene here really. oh okay so but that was uh there was a concept that and what is that space now by the way unfortunately it's just an event space it's and just it's an event space it's such it's the most handsome mm-hmm. i mean it's it's a steel and glass down by the south in the yeah south i mean waterfront. they they built it and they had um an amazing architect come out from new york and i often wish that it would just turn into what city market was because it would be an amazing view. There are all these people living down there. There weren't there when Lucia, that was one of the problems. Yeah. They weren't there when Lucia was built. Well, I mean, it, it's the, the economy just was a wreck. And, and right, also, but now it's a better opportunity. Because it is, a but lot there's not a market. There. Like, I mean, there's just, it still doesn't have the things. And, and to imagine like a Provador, a city market down there where you could get something delicious and gorgeous to eat there or take home and mm-hmm. have this stellar, view mm-hmm. um so i'm still hoping somebody will do that or if i find that money tree i'll do it because it's, it's well you know the the beautiful. demography of this podcast is everywhere's a million <laughs> plus so maybe so you'll hear it so you talked earlier about uh, a graceful exit or a graceful transition that you would like if when you want to go on to something else beyond Maurice. Do you have that in now? Do you have you started gelling that one in your mind that this no, is what I, would I do have, next? No, I mean, you're I'm, just, you're just I'm still thick in, love. in it. You're not, you're not, I'm thick in it. Yeah. No, no. I, I feel fortunate that I really love, um, and I'm so proud of what I created and the people that help give it life. Pausing just a moment here, Chris, to talk about one of our favorite places to eat here in Portland, Ringside Steakhouse. And speaking of one of our favorite places to eat, we converged on that concept uh, this weekend. Uh, You and I and our significant others, your wife, my girlfriend, had a beautiful dinner at Ringside, and I cannot express uh, strongly enough how nice it was to sit at a beautiful restaurant, order and get wonderful service and eat delicious food and have a great time. I believe, if my math is correct, we were there for about four hours. Yeah, no, it, it was it, it was definitely four hours because I was getting text messages from our 13-year-old wondering when we were going to get home. And mm-hmm. they, my, my two daughters were actually waiting at the front door when Randy and I walked in. <laughs> They're like, where have you been? 
<laughs> turnabout is fair play, I suppose. However, yeah. uh, speaking of turnabout, they're back to regular service. Their bar is now reopened and they take reservations and also walk-ins uh, at the bar. And be- because they opened up this great outdoor patio, Chris, uh, that is going to continue through the fall. Take advantage of the summer weather and eat outside. It's an outdoor patio. It's got hardwood floors, has full white tablecloth service. It'll have the same service team, the same menus as indoors, but you're outside and uh, definitely something you want to take advantage of at ringside. They're still offering their prime rib Wednesday special available both in-house and to go. So you can call in orders for pickup as well as on DoorDash and Caviar or go to ringsidesteakhouse.com or open table to enjoy dinner Wednesday through Sunday at ringside. So what do you love most about it? And maybe for the people who haven't been to Maurice, you can describe it. And, you know, I just recently was asked by someone coming into town with her daughter. And, you know, her daughter was 18 or something. I said, you, the first thing I thought of, and I have my lists. I thought, you have to go to Maurice. Oh, that's, that's the perfect sweet. mother-daughter it little is. spot. Yeah, so it I is. don't know if that describes it. But it came and it slapped me in the face. And I said, you have to tell them yeah. to go to Maurice. So. Um, what do I love about it? I love that um, I I'm an only child and I have a really small family and I was raised by, like I said, you know, my grandmother and my great aunt. And for me, and I can't believe I'm getting emotional about I, this. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. You can take a moment if you'd like. Um, but I think it's nice that you're getting emotional about it. But I love that I get to um, bring them life and what they gave to me because they're not around anymore. And so, you know, the um, uh, my grandmother loved having brunches and it was a big celebration. And we, um, I didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth or anything like that, but the china always came out and we shined all the things and there were little placemats and it all of a sudden was this beautiful procession. Um, and I feel like we get to do that at Maurice. We get to be really transparent and have a home setting that shouldn't really make sense as a restaurant, but it is a restaurant. And um, it's way too personal. Well, and the, the, menu, <laughs> the menu is handwritten, right? Or, yes, which is ridiculously inefficient. And I love and hate beautiful. that. But it's, it's so beautiful. Personal. And, and um, beautiful. It's your handwriting. It is correct? my handwriting. It's, it's just you, it, for no other reason. And there are many reasons, many big reasons. Go in there just to look at the menu. It's, it's just, made it's, to order. Yeah. yeah. But I get anxiety if I print because I work with so many different farmers. I don't know... Um, what needs to be served right now? What should sit? And the not having an office at the restaurant, not ha- just having tables and kitchen. It it's almost like writing a love letter to the day, and then giving that gift to someone, mm-hmm. but asking them to give it quickly back <laughs> <laughs> to give to the you next table. So we only have so many because. My hands get arthritic after, you know, eight, eight to 10. Um, on nights where, you know, Feast was in town, it was great to see all these different faces. It was the first year that I didn't 
do an event um, just because of things going on in my life. Personally, I was worried I wouldn't have the time and, um, and it's really challenging with our space with storage and, um, and staffing and everything um, when we are that busy. And so it was really nice to be there and be present. Um, but I was going somewhere with this that I fell off. Oh, I wish Damn I could it. help you. I, I, I'm with you, uh, but I was very, I was. I fell off. No, no, you didn't I fall off. I lost it. No, Dang no, no. It. We'll get it back because okay. I'm used to it. I'm constantly forgetting where I was going. And then you're It's eventually. the age thing. Yeah, but I got, I got, <laughs> I got more of an excuse than my friend. Uh, I'm 47. Yeah, well, I'm 61. All right, all right, so all right. I got a few more years. All right. Wait, you think you forget them now? I, yeah. I'm having trouble with faces. How about that? Faces, I'm good. It's, yeah, well, everybody it, is. You know. I'm, you know, I do events, and then I have people yeah. say, I, I learned to stop saying, nice to meet you. I'm, thank you for coming. Right. Because, you know, anyway, so that happens, and those challenges are going to happen. So, you know, that's an interesting segue. Yeah. We can get back to where you were going. I'm so curious. I'll give you a couple of seconds. Okay. So the name Maurice you asked about earlier. Yeah, the name Maurice. I just asked about if you remember when you had, when you thought of that, when you thought of the concept. So you went but way back to New York in your 20s on that. Yeah. See, I can remember that. <laughs> and uh, But the name Maurice, and where, so where did that come from? So and originally I wanted um, my business to be named Shoe. Shoe. C-H-O-U-X, because okay. I like making um, croquembouches, and that was kind of, that's always been a fun thing with, um, I hate doing wedding cakes, so I'll always offer to do a croquembouche, mm-hmm. or um, uh, I did miniature croquembouches when I was at Number 9 Park with Barbara, and had a disastrous thing happened with 300 mini croquembouches for our New Year's Eve menu and I used ice cream cones as the base to put all the little, you know, caramel dipped, I think it was a um, caramel dipped and a white white peppercorn uh, kumquat something, like just fun fun. white peppercorn but the the cones didn't soften enough with the mousse that I put inside of them. Mm. And so there were croquembouches shooting across the dining room (laughs) (laughs) as well as bubbles popping for, I mean, it was, it was festive and Barbara and I laughed about, but it was a nightmare and the same for the staff. Um, And then I started thinking about talking with friends about bonjour shoe. How may I, and people are going to say shoe. Are you a shoe store? Are you, and, and nobody's going to know. And, um, and kicked around other pastry names, but I didn't really like any of them. When I was living in New York, I was engaged to um, an Italian architect, and he did not like cats. And he was very particular, and long story short, not to go there, but he gave me a bunny in a box one Christmas. Mm -hmm. And um, the bunny stayed and was Maurice, and the Italian architect went away. And I had Maurice. I'd never had, well, I had a rabbit actually when I was a kid named Harvey after the Jimmy Stewart film. That wouldn't have worked as well as Maurice. But um, no, but, uh, but I didn't remember that I had had a bunny because I was so little when I had my first bunny. And um, anyway, Maurice was the best mascot. I had just gotten out of this engagement. It was hard. So I would bring Maurice everywhere. I brought him on the subway to Central Park. I'd bring him camping and let him go like a dog. I just didn't know any better. 
and I'm sure the rabbit advocates are going to freak out if any of them are any rabbit. But I've been a, I'm I'm a good. It sounds like you were rabbit treating the buddy rabbit odor. better than any rabbit ever. But was the treated. rabbit became my guy, my mascot, like mm-hmm. like your dog, you know. And and he was kind of like a dog. And we hung out with a friend that mm-hmm. that had a boxer and. The boxer would, you know, lower to his level and Maurice would stand up and throw his ears back because he was lop-eared. And so he kind of, I I wanted my business at the end of the day to be like that mascot for people, mm-hmm. you know, where it was sweet and charming and beautiful, but could stand up and throw its ears back and puff its chest and be next to all the big guns um, and be around for a lot longer than you would think it would. He was around 12 years. Is that what Maybe Maurice will be around 30 years. Who knows? We hope so. You know? Second, second lease negotiation <laughs> for the next 15. Uh, and where did the little circle... Well, I don't even know what that is. The omlok. Uh, yeah, the omlok over the A. Yeah, so um, the A, so it's a Norwegian A, and it's the omlok. And that, you still pronounce it Maurice, thankfully. And Maurice was named after Maurice Chevalier, which he was a French lop, made sense for the French-Norwegian and then with the Norwegian A having a double meaning. So Norwegian A in the French name, but also for all of, as you can see, I'm incredibly sentimental. Um, I, I, I'm just I'm loving it. I'm trying. And, I'm so engrossed in what you're saying that I'm having a really hard time thinking where are we going to go next? Okay. But we'll find um, out. Right. And so the, the double meaning of the Norwegian A is a halo for all of those that have passed that were involved in giving me all the tools to do what I do now, like my great aunt Chris, like Nana, like Gigi, my grandfather, like Robert Reynolds. I you know, was, I was gonna. That so was my, that. I actually have a blue chair that's on the top of the waiter station mm-hmm. that is there for all of those people to always have a seat, hoping. <laughs> knock on lots of real wood if I can find it in here. Mm, um, oh, that might be real. Okay. Um, you want me to knock on it for you? Yeah, please. You? Well, no, 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 no. That's bad. That's like you got it. Scandinavian superstition. You got to knock yourself. I have um, a phone with wood on that's the okay. back. That's okay. Um, uh, oh. The seat for everybody who's not there. Since hopefully every seat will be filled. <laughs> <laughs> um, and talk a little bit. See, I didn't know the man, Robert Reynolds. I only got to know about him after he passed and everyone was so emotional yeah uh, well and i and i left paley's to i had a space actually on division next to um the whiskey soda lounge that really big building that kind of looks like a prison Mm -hmm. um the white it was a a five thousand square foot spot um and robert and i would break in when it was under construction um sorry i'll be brewing because it's their building but um, I had an investor from San Francisco that pulled out last minute and it, it was the biggest blessing because um, it would have been a market in the front, a wine bar in the center and the restaurant in the back. And it's a much better second or third business, not a first business, mm. but I needed that to fall through. I was at Paley's place and um, there was a space in the film exchange, which is close to Paley's that I would leave and go for coffee and they'd, Owners would find me in there touching the walls in the workspace where I wasn't supposed to be. Became friends with them. That ended up being the space of Maurice. But, um, or friends with them and then they have the building where Maurice is now. 
but um, I left Paley's in March of 2012, and Robert had his second bout of cancer, and they found a tumor that spring, soon after I left Paley's. And we met in 2009 um, because Heidi Yorkshire was my neighbor. Uh, loved and not by some people, a big, a big personality. Mm-hmm. And Robert was much the same. And um, he was looking for people to teach his classes. Please cut that Heidi Yorkshire bit out for me. Sure. I'd be happy to. <laughs> I just realized I really don't want that. Okay. As long as I noted, it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, oh, <laughs> so we'll that might up. bite me in the ass. No, um, that's all right. We don't want any. That's, that's the reason. I used to have a little disclaimer, but we'll talk about that later. Okay. Um, so Heidi brought me to Robert's um, class, and it was so charming. And You can't mention Heidi now. Okay. So my neighbor, out, my yeah. neighbor. So my neighbor um, brought me to Robert Reynolds' class, and it his the chef studio was his little cooking school um, that was behind Ken's Pizza, and John Taboda was his longest student, and that's how I became buddies with Taboda was through Robert. Um, he was he was such a good connector, and um, and. I, uh, he, I was brought by the neighbor and we sat and we watched his class and the class was cooking our lunch. We had lunch, the students left, he poured me a little glass of wine or a little more wine and said, now dear, I hear nobody thinks like you do and I'm sick, will you please cook um, and teach? the classes, I can't find enough people to help me cover. Mm. And I gave him every excuse as much as I was so completely um, just blown away by his trust in me without knowing me from Adam um, and the huge compliment, but also was like, well, I, I, I don't teach. I've never taught his answer, but you managed people. How many people was the most you managed? And I was like, well, six to nine. Perfect. Classes are usually about that size. Mm. And you've been a pastry chef how long? Oh, 12, 15. Okay, good. So you have some things under your belt. And every answer I would give to him, he would just rebuke. So um, I taught for him and we became really good friends. Um, I... uh, and then he let me create a whole pastry program there. So that was actually my livelihood for a couple years between um, teaching at the chef studio and cooking at Kier Wine Bar and helping Jesse and Aubrey make drinking chocolate in between and selling some illegal cookies baked out of my house to little coffee shops in the neighborhood for a couple years. Those are all beautiful things. It was weird. And it's part of my love Portland and what kept me here was it it has a pioneering spirit um, and I and and quality of life and a great community and um, it would have been easy to go back east because most of my formative years were spent between Boston and New York but um, I just kind of I don't love the wild west but I love the wild hair that it gives well, and also the, the 
It's an inherent creative spirit here. Yeah, absolutely. And you have that in New York and Boston, but there's also that whole financial. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. And I mean, I I opened Maurice on a dare to Portland because I was so in love and so pissed that it wouldn't take all that I worked so hard to hone, um, and that I couldn't get a real pastry chef job, um, and I. And what you couldn't get one or you didn't want to? No, I couldn't get one for a couple years because the chefs would make their own desserts, you know, and, and Steve Jones from Steve's cheese after Lucier closed, I, I, um, would go to when he had the little shop on Thurman Mm -hmm. and, and buy cheese for home and went in there looking for cheese to drown my sorrows in that I could afford after the closure of Lucier and told him, and he was so kind and brought me with him to deliver cheese to the chefs to introduce me to different chefs in town. And I gave them my consulting spiel of like, well, when I left number nine park, I actually consulted a couple of years back and forth. No, thank you. We do our own pastries. And it's like, but don't you want to do them better? Nope. Don't have that in the budget. So Paley's was the first real pastry chef job that I was able to get um, after. And um, and then when Vito was looking to open, um, when he had the opportunity for Imperial, it was a good um, crossing of the road because I really wanted him to have someone that would be there for the whole experience of the restaurant and and be able to give years um and i had already been with them um for a couple and knew that my own business needed to happen so i left paley's and then ended up actually taking care of robert for almost a year Mm -hmm. um because i could and i had never had that space and time professionally even when my grandparents were ailing i did my best um and I think I understood after Robert passed that I transferred a lot of my guilt for um, placing my profession ahead of family when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I gave him my all. And it was the biggest gift that I was able to give him and, and the trust that he gave me was huge. So we, um, I essentially moved in with him. Uh, a pajama party turned into... A while mm-hmm. of pajama parties, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, we did a fundraiser to take him to Europe. Um, and John Taboda joined um, for part of the leg to help, um, so he could say goodbye to friends in um, Paris and Tours, Nior, uh, Lyon, mm. um, and then we were trying to make it to Venice. I know. No, 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 no. Um, just, and we uh, we only made it to Torino because he lost his ability to walk. Mm. Um, and it was um, it was incredibly intense. So after, um, but again, like I say, the the biggest gift. And someday I would like to write a book about that experience because it was the hardest thing I've ever done, um, but the biggest gift. And it it was more about the friendship behind it than um, the horrible disease of cancer. Um, and I'm sure at some point my mom's health will be integrated into a book about uh, taking care of people. And Just about to ask about that. So I, I have um, just seen a little of your, some of your tribulations that you've written through your Facebook posts. 
And I went through similar things. My mom wasn't local, and it was extremely painful, and things are not in place, and you, no one, no one taught a class mm-hmm. on how to deal with an elderly parent and all the logistics that go with that, the Social Security. The, right. um, it's really, really hard. And, you know, it, it seems to happen to most of us right when we're in about 50, 40, in the, mm-hmm. you know, when you really have to focus on what you're doing. So, yeah. um, so it's really tough. And you're going through that now, and you've got it's. You're a very focused person, and it's impossible for you to completely focus when that's going on. It's hard. Life. It's hard. I don't want my business to close, um, and that scares me to death because uh, it's a huge source of. It's it's become you know the husband, the lover, the kid. It's um, and. And the community that's involved with it is um, my rock on many levels. Um, I, it doesn't make sense to move to California where my mom is. Um, and just uh, this year, um, she will actually be moving here. And now um, I'm 10 days out just from that decision with um, family and figuring out what that means um, and how to make all of that happen. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, she has posterior cortical atrophy on top of Alzheimer's, which is pretty rare, um, the combo. So uh, you get more effects of um, vision and motor skills being filtered on top of the memory Mm. issue. Um, and she can't be very old. You're, you're she's, young. She's 69. She had me when she oh was my young. God. Um, she's really young. Um, and her sister has been taking care of her and just can't anymore. Mm. because she, she can't. It's, it's a lot. Um, so it's, it's, but her neurologist has been very clear with how escalated the disease is going. Um, he's actually recommended hospice care and let me know that, you know, she doesn't have years and I, being such a focused, um, determined person, am dedicated to uh, giving her quality of life for as long as she's here. Um, but it's incredibly overwhelming and scary, and I don't quite know how to do that. And I'm sure at some point I'll have try to do like a fundraiser at the restaurant or something as... Um, to help with the care, I don't know. I don't know. I um, it's it's super overwhelming and scary. And the tough part with that is, you talk about quality of life, and you already see that that's not the quality of life that she would no. have wanted or that you want for her. No, already. and um, and Robert and I actually had a lot of really frank conversations about when your quality of life passes. Mm-hmm. And I wish that we, mom and I, had had conversations before she is where she is now. Um, because if there was a way to have assisted suicide with her condition, um, it, it would be a kinder output Mm -hmm. than what her brain is, is doing to her. And, um, I don't even know if I could be the one that could do it, Mm -hmm. but just the fact that she doesn't even get that conversation, um, is it's beyond heartbreaking. It's, it's, it's 
the best way I can describe it is it's almost like seeing a bird that's in a glass box that just keeps hitting the glass, mm. trying to translate that it needs to fly or it needs water or, um, and you are trying so hard to read its body language, but its body's not able to communicate and verbally it can't. So it's, it's um, I, I don't know, but with the way that she sees things with those diseases, um, she sees children, she sees flowers, she sees animals. Those are the three things that seem to give her great joy. Mm. Um, so I rack my brain <laughs> every time I'm with her to have those things around her. So, but it's but it's a heavy, it's a heavy, um, it's a heavy burden that she has to bear. That I'm going to do my damnedest to keep her safe until she's not around. It's it's nice that she has you. What about food? What do you bring her any of your beautiful food? Does that you know? It's um, it's been so hard over the years. She's lost so much weight this year. She's lost thirty pounds in the last six months. Mm. Um, it's challenging to get food from the plate into her body mm. well. Um, so this last trip, uh, lots of delicious shakes, <laughs> you know, but it's, um, it's, it, we've, we've passed the point of, of me being able to do what I do best in the way that I do best and have her enjoy all the aspects of it. Mm -hmm. It's really more about, um, putting fat on her and keeping her, um, not putting fat on her, but, um, having her maintain nutrition. So, yeah, but in, it's not something you ever gave thought to. And then all of a sudden that, well, you know. I mean, I, I, we used to joke all the time when she was, um, before the disease that I'd buy a house, she'd have the mother-in-law. Mm -hmm. I'd always take care of her till the end. Um, but this Alzheimer's and then, and then the, Posterior cortical atrophy is uh, horrific, and mm. there's and there's very little um, there's little study on the combo. There's little treatment on the combo. So um, I am researching memory care facilities, but they're six to eight thousand dollars monthly, and there is also a ratio of nurse to patients that I don't think will work for where she is. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, foster care um, is another that was suggested and then also having someone come in and do home care I can't afford to leave my apartment um, because of housing and you know and finances finances are huge so mm -hmm. figuring out that stability um, and I but I need to I actually reached out to the community last year um, to see if any chef would take over Maurice for a month um, you know quarterly or something so that I could go to California and keep her where she was and help out and it was astounding um, nobody bet because there are so many say, details of that that are challenging people, I thought you were going to say astounding how many people came came and rose, raised their hand. No, uh, no. I mean, when you think about I mean, the logistics chefs, of it. you can do that, they have to, it's not probably somebody out of work. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. And it, it's it's making sure it's not a completely new concept. It's right. maintaining the staff, the relationships with the farmers, the, you know, so it's, it's, hey, you get to try a restaurant on, you'll be paid this amount. You have to make sure these things are taken care of. You mm-hmm. have to make sure these sales are made daily. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a business. So, um, and no, not many people are set up to, no, to no, do what you've spent so many years building with your heart and your hands and your hard work. Yeah. So to walk in and just say, Oh, I can do that for, that's not going to happen. No, no. I understand. No. Well, I hope, I wish you the best in going through it. I, uh, I went through something similar. I can't say that I understand because everybody's situation is yeah. different, but it's, it's rough stuff, so I yeah, feel for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, I hope some, that you get, uh, that the pain doesn't last. You know, that's something that's... Well, I mean, that's why, you know, the, the balance of me loving what I do. I mean, that's, it's, um, it's so nice to put all that love into something and give it to somebody and see their joy receiving it. That mm-hmm. gives me back tenfold every time. So having, having that balance is, is good, you know, and, and also I have a really supportive chosen family, both East and West coast. And I'm thankful that, um, they, they know the drill, they will help. They have helped. Um, so I am, even though I'm an only child there, it's, I come from an incredibly tiny family that without having kids myself seems to be, it, it, it will, it will die with me. Um, thankfully, I have chosen friends and family. I mean, maybe, maybe I'll adopt someday. We'll see. Right, but you also uh, let's just gloss over that. <laughs> no, no. Well, that's nice. That's nice. Um, but you also are in. A, you're in a wonderful city, a supportive city. Absolutely. So that, so that I don't think you'd be in a better city than I know of. Yeah. I'm sure, that might exist, but um, to have people have your back. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, bring it back to the beginning of the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but like I was saying with, you know, customers that come in and and divulge, you know, really crazy stuff like divorce or, um, and, and taking care of them. Um, there's been some really. I haven't been in enough to lay all my stuff on you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I don't know what it is about a cup of tea, but it, um, Cup of tea and a little wine to wash it down. The combo seemed oh, you to. Could, you could, <laughs> maybe you could have been a good therapist in another life too. Maybe I'm know. I'm a I'm a good caretaker. It seems. So, so let's do one thing for the people who have not been into Maurice yes. just quickly, yes. as opposed to usually I'll ask where you've been in Portland and all that good stuff, and you're welcome to share that. But let's take just for a couple of minutes. Take us inside. If I walked in right now and looked at your menu, what is there? that people would indulge in? So um, I try to, so Maurice is a French and Norwegian pastry luncheonette. Um, I try to be thoughtful with the food and have it be healthy with some rich components um, versus fatty um, or heavy so that you save room to have dessert. Everything is pretty light-handed. I have been on this earth long enough to understand most personalities cook or make wine or um, like their personalities. So I have kind of a lighter, whimsical style to myself. My food has the same. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that I want anyone to cannibalize me and see if, you know, test it out. But um, 
It's whimsical, it's playful, it's bright, it's fresh, it's colorful. It will leave you feeling good, which you know, I was just about to say every so time critical. I walked out of there I felt a little healthier. Yeah. I felt I felt good because But you I, had a meal and dessert. Right. But um it's it's not three meals on a plate, you know. It's you you won't you'll still get to do the things that you want to do in the day, which um is is awesome. And I'm and um it's it's hard for me the longer I have it open because some places when I go I have a food hangover from one dish one dish and I can't figure out what the hell is going on because there's so many ingredients and fats and I don't know um, and so it's it's something either has butter or it has olive oil we don't put meat in the quiche typically because it's rich enough. Um, we rarely even put cheese in it. It's usually just vegetables or fruit with herbs. It's mm-hmm. um, so I think Maurice is thoughtful, detailed, feminine, whimsical. I love it when we get bros and dudes because more often than not, we get mothers with sons and daughters, and um, we have an older clientele and we have a traveled clientele. And we have a clientele that likes beautiful things and likes to feel good. Um, We don't have lots of heavy, dark things with beards or plaid at Maurice. The uniform is stripe. And it's very white. It's very white to where people thought it was a gallery when I opened and were confused because the bakery didn't have chocolate chip cookies and cupcakes. And Mm -hmm. when I would tell them, but we have Anisette Brioche and we have this. Next door to Courier Coffee for a pretty good chocolate chip cookie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Absolutely. There's enough places around. That would be a shame when you're sitting in Maurice not to to take something from Maurice. Yeah. Um, And we have a lot of seafood. Because I like seafood, and I think it's a good, clean protein. That's a good thing. Um, and not a lot of meat. So you'll probably be glad to hear, the. I think it might have been the last time I was there, or the second to last time I was in Maurice, I was invited by Mr. Gorham. So there's two kind of beefy guys yeah. coming in to yeah. Maurice to have a, a meal. Yeah. Uh, it was really delightful. That's true. Good. So I'm glad. Thank well, you. thank you. Thank you for that, and thank you... Uh, now I really know why I really I wanted you on the, to come in here. For you a got long a time. lot of information out of me. No, I don't. I don't know. If, but just you're. I was. It was very engaging. Thank you. And um, you're a marvelous person. And oh, I found myself kind. when you were tearing up, just tearing up a little with you. Oh. And um, such a sentimental nudge. Yeah, I am well, ridiculous. Um, a real honor and a pleasure to have you in here. And I, oh, thank I really you. appreciate it because I know it wasn't easy. And I was. And I, <laughs> I know was, the freezer guy is probably waiting, wondering. Yeah, go get go take care of your freezer. Yeah. But uh, thanks so much. We appreciate it. Maurice PDX is is that right? Your website. Ye- you don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I pulled it up. It right. is. Yeah. Maurice PDX, and you don't need to worry about the little the A. Um, and, uh, do you have a very healthy Instagram? Is it also Maurice PDX? It's me at 1965. Oh, right, right, right. Me at 1965. 
Because if I were going to be a superhero in the 60s, it would be Miette 1965. And actually, you didn't ask about the font of Maurice, because that's a super fun story. No, There's I so many like details, to ask about fonts. But I think we're out of time. You can, can, you do can I it? tell you really quick? Yeah, of course. Well, how are we going to do well, The only other thing to do is say, we're going to have you back, and you'll explain it then. But go ahead and do it now. There okay. are many other things. Okay. Um, so I bought the font. It's called Beretta from a gentleman... Um, um, in London, who um, has a hand-stamped um, font called Beretta that he designed um, to be playful like the 1960s, um, and it just seemed perfect. So I'm the only one that owns Beretta now. That's and it. It's the Maurice you you font. bought it out. I bought it outright. And so... Um, and the colors, too? You Norwegian and French. Norwegian and French. Very good. <laughs> and, you know, as you can tell... You give every single thing thought, so I do. I'm almost um, autistic and with detailing. Well, it's wonderful, and it comes through. So, um, again, thank you so much. Thank you. We'll this look was forward fun. To this coming out. I, this I'll is see one you soon for more boots and tarts and cheesecake with black pepper. You can and bring those out, out to the coast sometime. Just leave them after you leave. That's okay. All right. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Right